This is the Bill Cartwright Show uh, with Steve Cohen. Our special guest today is Mr. Wallace Bryan. Uh, Wallace is a, uh, he's a Don, he's a USF Don, NBA player and coach. Wallace, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasant uh, pleasure to be here uh, amongst uh, such talent and also amongst, amongst my big brother, uh, <laughs> as I call you always. Right. You know, it's it's funny when when we look at your resume. Why uh, you were born in Spain? Is that right? Yes, I was born in Madrid, Spain. Uh, father was an Air Force engineer. Mother was a uh, you know was part Hispanic, so she was living there at the time. I left before I became uh, seven years old, so I was back in the states at seven. You know, but I spent a good six years there. Then went back to play for Barcelona, FC Barcelona and Waitska, Spain and Girona, Spain, and really enjoyed myself in Bilbao, Spain. So I spent about five years in Spain playing on different teams. And then I got a chance to spend some time in Argentina playing. So Spain, Italy, Argentina after the NBA. Well, you know, it's um, interesting. So you ended up, as a matter of fact, I spoke with Larry Demick the other day and he's from Geary. And I was thinking, how yeah. many people are from Gary? It's like incredible. So you grew up in Gary. Uh, right. Actually, yeah. Bill, back and forth from Gary, from Chicago to Gary and Gary to Chicago. You know, once my parents separated, I was going back and forth pretty much almost every other weekend. One weekend with my father, one weekend with my mother. So were you, when you grew up, were you a sports kid? Did you play a lot of different sports or? Yeah, I played football and, you know, football, pretty much football and baseball because my brother played baseball. And when you played baseball, you played softball. So you had to play pretty much every sport. And then I didn't really play basketball until uh, until after my freshman year in high school. So did you have uh, a coach or a mentor who really kind of guided you? Yes, I did. Uh, towards I your basketball? I give all my credits to Coach Earl Smith Sr., Earl Smith Jr. You know, those were my mentors. His, my, my coach's dad was actually my mentor. And then my coach was Earl Smith Jr., who led me into basketball and trained me and got me ready before I came to uh, actually to your hands in, co in college, where you, my first year, you actually helped mold me into a pretty good outstanding uh, power forward and, and, and center, backup center. And that's that's kind of how, how it went from then on. It was always someone reaching out to give me knowledge or share knowledge and wisdom with me to improve my talent. So and I'm always curious now, how did you, who recruited you to USF? How did you get there? Dan Malomny came out and recruited me. Uh, I was uh, actually playing in a tournament. He came out and, I, and next thing I know he was at this tournament and then he said he really wanted me to come out and play and then watch you guys play. It kind of motivated me when I watched you guys play Notre Dame and then you played UNLV. You know, I was able to watch those games and actually act the Notre Dame game. And it, it kind of motivated me to, first of all, come into where there's a bunch of talent I can learn from, exceptional attitude amongst you guys. You guys worked hard. You were very friendly. You know, I went to a couple of other schools. I won't mention any names, but those schools were pretty darn wild. Oh, don't, don't worry. You can mention some names if you want to. <laughs> yeah. 
The University of Maryland was, I ain't gonna lie to you, it was, it was wild. It was like a free fall. I was like, I'd never get any work done here. I better go to another school. Then I was trying to escape the snow. So escaping the snow, when they brought me into California, into to USF, they brought me in at about five in the afternoon on a Friday. And they brought me in. I flew into Oakland. So I get to see the view coming from Oakland of the city, the sunset, how the right. lights are lighting up in the building. And then they took me to a very nice restaurant. And I had a great meal. And mom loved the area. And she loved what the school was offering. And as you know, my mom was very critical on my grades. She wanted me to be a, a very good student. And she was really hard on me there. And I ended up with a 3.0 in, in my grade average. So I, I did, I think I, I think I did pretty well in school. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your first impressions when you got to USF? I was like, man, this is a talented team. I watched you guys play. You went for Boys, uh, Doug Jimerson. And then you guys had great leapers and you played like you played smart basketball. You shared the ball. You didn't, it wasn't just one guy doing all the scoring. It was everybody contributing in the, in the climate and the area and the, the smallness of the school made it more like a family instead of a, a big, you know, university. Like, you know, I went to U University of Indiana and it's a big campus. I mean, you don't get to, you know, you, you really don't learn the whole campus until after you graduate. <laughs> you would have learned the whole campus there and learned where everything was. But as far as San Francisco, the setting of it being in the city on a hill and then also having the, the park next to the school and, you know, you had a H Street, you had all these different boroughs that could co contribute to the city that were very pleasant to go to and you could find great food, you had great people, you had guys that were not afraid to teach you to help you become better. That's what really made me, you guys were in the gym Come on, Wallace. Let's go work out. You know, when I got there, let's go work out. Let's get some shots in, and you know that that kind of influenced me to, to come to a a level in my game where I was always improving. Each summer it was always improvement, which allowed me to get better. Now you talked about you did um, you did well in class. What did you like about going to school at USF? Well, going to school at USF. First of all, we had a we had a study hall. And in the study hall, you had people that were brilliant that would come and help you. You know, if you didn't know something, you could be taught something. And we were we were mand we had mandatory study hall in the library. You couldn't be in there joking and clowning. You had to be in there doing your work. The coaches were there. The older guys were pushing the younger guys to do better so that they could play and so they contribute to the schools and contribute to, uh, to the knowledge of themselves. But you guys were always uh, an influence. You know, I remember when Marvin Deloach, Bart Bowers, and Doug Jimerson would come to my room and get me, you know, get me. Let's go. We're going to go run. We're going to go do some jump rope. We're going to do something to improve ourselves. We're going to go play somewhere. These guys would always come to my room and get me. Hey, we're going out. We're going to go. You're going to hang out with us today. We're going to finish our, we're going to go to class, get our class done. Then you come in and whatever, you're going with us. We're going somewhere else to play. Bart would take me all the way over to Richmond to play some basketball, to do pickup games, to help me get better. Marvin would take me all, over, all the way over to different spots and play down in the city. You know, then you would get me in the gym and you would say, hey, 
work on this move. You know, my spin move baseline came from Bill Cartwright. <laughs> you know, spin move baseline, reverse spin move baseline, jump shot, spin move baseline, dunk. That all came from Bill Cartwright. You know, and you know when I when I got there, I had a nice little hook shot to work with. So I learned a lot from the guys that were around me. I learned a lot from the school. The school really contributed to my well-being. You know, you guys kept us out of trouble. Remember, you used to visit my room. Matter of fact, Wallace, what you doing? Are you okay? Everything okay? Even today, even to this day, Bill Cartwright calls me to find out how I'm doing. That's a big brother. That's amazing, Wallace. I noticed you said he didn't teach you how to pass. Well, I had to pass him down before, you know. He didn't really teach me how to pass, but he showed me how to play. He showed me how to be physical. You know, I remember there was a time when I was Bill would say, Wallace, your time is coming. Just be patient. Because I would be mad if, if I didn't get a chance to get in the game and stay in the game with him. I'd be kind of upset. You know, to where I go back to my room, I'd do thousands of push-ups, thousands of sit-ups, because I was mad that I was, wasn't I wasn't as good as I wanted to be at that time. You know, well, to you, be able well, to start. Well, you know, Wallace was a, um, was a freshman when I was a senior. And his time did come, and it's uh, it's it was really a passing of the baton. And when we did leave, guys like myself and um, James Hardy went for Boynes, and Doug and those guys left. You guys really carried the baton, and you guys played well. Now, what was that like once you were the starter, and then now because you guys had really good teams? Talk about that. Yeah. My thing was this. I wasn't going to allow, you remember Builders? You remember this time? We were in Vegas and Red Fox. After, remember that one, Red Fox? I said, I used, to, I used to be really hyped on, I'm not going to let the fellas be able to come back to the school and say, what are you doing? Be able to, I'm not going to go through that and be, be put down in that manner. We had something to do. We were winners. We were used to winning. We were going to continue that celebration of winning. We would always win. We'd beat people in playoffs. We'd come in you know, and, and just destroy them in playoffs. And we learned to be winners because of you guys. You know, because of Bill and Winford and and, and Sam and uh, Doug and Bart Bart carried the torch because he was he was older than I was and he was always like, hey, we're not giving up. We're not giving up. We're not losing. We're going to win the league. That's our goal. Is our goal was always to win our league, get into the NCAA tournament, and to play well from there. When we were on TV, we would want to do real well because we were left a legacy, and we had to follow. It wasn't just coming to school; it was going to school and representing properly. And we did that in everything we did. We 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 went about it in a way of being winners, and that's dressing well, eating well, studying well, playing hard, playing well. But we had fun. I mean, I, my college days were really, really good because of the guys I was around. You know, Doug Jimerson used to come to my room all the time and, hey, let's go. Let's, we're going out. We're going to hang out in the city. We go in and five or six of us walking around the city of San Francisco. Who's going to bother us? We're all tall. Every, you know, we, we, we had fun like that. We go down to Haiti. We go run the parks. We go picnic in the park. We go roller skating and things like that during the during the off seasons, there was a lot to do in San Francisco. We had a lot of great guys to show us the ropes, like yourself, Bill. You remember, you used to you used to say, Wallace, uh, 
come down to the room. I got something for you. Remember, you had some donuts or you had some sandwiches or you had something. <laughs> we had come something. My room. Yeah, come to my room. I got something for you. Right. You'd have, remember you, one time you gave me shirts? You know, you'd have shoes extra. you give me extra gym shoes. One thing I was happy about it, I was close to your size because you had it going on. You know, you always had good food around. You always had great meals. And I had fun. I really had fun in college. I kind of wish that the pros was like college, you know. <laughs> Pros are totally different. You're on your own once you get to pros. You are on your own, you know, hey, literally. Hey, let's let's talk about that. So you're ready to leave USF. You've had, you had a great career. Um, so as you're leaving school and you're about to get ready for the draft, now what do you what were you thinking? Well, first of all, I was thinking, oh, I, I was thinking, okay. I got to be in great shape because I got to go to Chicago and be in that draft camp, you know, to, and be in the draft camp. And my thing was going to run, run heels, you know, jumping rope, doing rim touches, sprinting the court. Because, you know, we had a run. We always had running teams. Our team could run with the best of them. So yeah. my thing was just being in, being in not knowing, but being in shape and staying in shape. So it wasn't hard to to be in, to be chosen. I, I had a great I had a great camp, you know, in uh, the Chicago. I had a great camp. I did quite well, and uh, ended up being the 29 player pick in the draft. Well, now there's 30 people in the in the first round. I was a 29 player pick. I, I consider myself maybe a first rounder back in the day, <laughs> if, you know, if it was now. And uh, you know, coming out of school, I was surprised to be picked by the Bulls. I really was surprised to be picked by the Bulls. I thought it was going to be picked by Golden State or some California team, but I was surprised. Uh, Quentin was already there. So, you know, I, he was there and I was there and he was picked first round. I was picking, I was picked the uh, second pick in the second round and I was excited to go into camp. You know, I met Orlando Woolridge and uh, David Greenwood, guys who I played against, but never thought I'd be playing with. You know, I, I used to play against Notre Dame twice a year, and then we play UCLA. So I ended up playing with Corzine from DePaul, uh, David Greenwood from UCLA, uh, Orlando Woolridge from from uh, University of Notre Dame. You know, and then you got some other guys. You know, Sidney Green from UNLV. So I ended up playing with some pretty good talent coming out of uh, college, and. You had to step it up. You had to really step it up. You know, I ended up spending a, a year in Italy, then coming back after after summer camp, uh, coming back and making the team. They actually sent me to Italy. But, you know, I didn't have any nervousness. I was I was, I was wondering why they didn't call me to have me come to the, first, to the draft. But, you know, they called me later, but I was already back in San Francisco then, and I couldn't return. I didn't have the funds myself to return it. So talk about that. So you go to Chicago, and then after that, you ended up in 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 uh, who'd you play for? Dallas. And uh, yeah, well, I go to Chicago. I, I I train with Chicago. I get traded from Chicago. Actually, I was in preseason with Michael Jordan, and then I get traded. I found out I got traded from Chicago to Dallas for a first round draft pick and and catch. What was that like? It was fun because I went to a place where it didn't snow. 
after dealing with a winter in Chicago, you're like raring to go to get someplace hotter. And I was already spoiled by San Francisco. So I was happy to be going someplace where I could really not have any snow. And when I got there, they had no center. They had no center. It was all power forwards. They had a power forward and guard system. And all I had to do is really is pick, rebound, and play defense. Okay, so who who was coaching there in Dallas? Uh, Dick Mata at the time. Dick Mata, good coach. Yeah, he was a good coach. You know, he was a hard coach, hard on you. You know, he 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 was strange. He was really strange at times. This guy would work at hey, he'd buy us dinner at a Mexican restaurant, serve us poppers, which is uh tequila and seven up, and then wake us up at five in the morning talking about you gotta run it out. You know <laughs> have us running out inside outside in the morning. The day of a game. He'd have us running. Oh wow, day of the game. Day of a game. We'll be running that morning and play that night. Or we'll go to practice and practice hard and then play that night. You know, being being a, a rookie was uh, a very good growing experience. Very good growing experience for me because I had to overcome things. You know, overcome being a tall guy and being thought of as a rookie, waking up and being woken up by the veterans and saying, I got to go get donuts in Cleveland. And they got to be warm, and it's three o'clock in the morning. You know, this is <laughs> this is how they break us here, or having to dance. You know, having to dance in front of a a group of people I don't even know because the, the veterans say, "Hey, you got to dance." You know, being in Detroit, I remember that clip very, very fondly. Being in Detroit, and they making a, all the rookies had to get up and dance while this lady was singing and this lady was performing her song. All the rookies became her pips. So she was an artist and she was booked and we had to dance, be, do our dance moves in front of all our team for this guy. This lady was performing her songs at this bar. So we get broken in like that. You know, we had to do the luggage carrying and things of that nature, carry all the players' luggage that were veterans and make sure that they, we got it up to their rooms. If they weren't in their rooms, we keep it in our room. And then once they came back to their room, we had to deliver it. So, you know, I, I was pretty much like a bell captain slash rookie slash go-getter slash if there's a joke, you know, if there's a joke or something like that, I was the joke because I was the rookie. But I enjoyed it. I mean, I felt it was like a, a big fellowship and a big, you know, you had a lot of big brothers and a lot of guys that, that could help you get through things and get through the hardness of, of life. So it helped me really grow. Bill, did you have to do that with the Knicks when you were a rookie? Oh, we were actually lucky because we had a lot of rookies. There was five rookies on that team. And also we had young guys like Michael Ray Richardson, Ray Williams, Toby Knight. They were all young guys. The only veterans we had was uh, Josie Merriweather, Marvin Webster, and the great Earl Monroe. So we had more young guys than anything else. So we were, um, you know, we had a lot of guys to help. So we didn't really have that. But I didn't have to dance. So Yeah, Marvin Webster was mean, though. <laughs> he was mean. <laughs> So you leave um, Chicago, Dallas, and you end up with the Clippers. So how did that happen? The Clippers uh, picked me up on a uh, on a twenty day. They did two ten days contract, uh, and then they decided to keep me for a little bit longer than that, and I ended up playing with them for a half a uh, well, I'll say a quarter of a season. Uh, who was there? Who was who was coaching there? Who was the coach there? Who was playing there? Uh, Cheney. 
Don Chaney. Don Chaney was the coach then. And uh, what happened is Smith got hurt. Uh, what was it? I guess Smith got hurt. He hurt his knee. And then they wouldn't give a con- guaranteed contract up. So I took a guaranteed contract for the for for the tail end, right before the playoffs. I took a guaranteed contract over in Spain. You had a long career over overseas. Now, what was the difference between playing in the NBA and playing overseas? Because you you went to a lot of different cities. Yes, I, I well playing in the NBA, you got a lot of great talent. First of all, I'm not going to put that down. You got a lot of great talent. You got a lot of coaches that already know what they want and what they're looking for. Playing overseas is you only have two Americans on each team. And you get right. an advantage of, of being that star American if you perform correctly. I went over and I had an opportunity to play for this team called Waste of Spain, the first team I played for overseas other than Italy. And I did real well. I averaged about 28 points and 14 rebounds a game. And we, I brought them from – they were down, and I brought them all the way back up to A level. They were actually going about to go into B, and I brought them all the way back up to A level. Played against some really good talent, Nero and guys like that from Yugoslavia that were on other teams and ended up helping them win their A Division II. And they stayed in Division I because they won Division II. They won the championship of Division II. They stayed in Division I. And, and then the next year, Barcelona picks me up. And I go on to help Barcelona win the not only the Kings Cup, the Korak Cup, but also the league. And I played with a guard then. His name was Kenny Simpson. So I got to play with all the greats of Barcelona, Sabillo, Epi, Jimenez, De La Cruz. These guys were really, really stars all over the um, Latin American community for basketball. Right. And Epi, you know, I got to play with those guys. And it was like no difference than playing in college to me because they did the same thing we did. They had to run. You know, they ran a couple of miles and then went in the gym and played like we used to always do. Go run the miles and go in the gym and play. They did weights. They, we were at times, we were running 60 minutes and then go in the gym, do weights, and then go in the gym and play. You know, so it was just like being in college. All the things we did in college that you showed me came back to me more so in the European League than they did in the NBA. NBA, you got to do it on, really get out there and do it on your own. But in the in the uh, in the leagues overseas, they do it as teams, and they prepare you as a team, and you practice a lot more. We're going two days pretty much all year, you know, in, in overseas, and we became better. We play work out in the morning, and then we work out in the afternoon, except for game days. We just work. We shoot around in the morning, but we did that in the NBA, and then playing overseas, it was a lot easier because it wasn't as many games. You know, you're playing thirty. 35, maybe 40 games compared to 80 in the NBA. You know, and then in the NBA, you're banging against equal or better talent. You know, everybody you mentioned that you played, I played against Marvin Webster, played against uh, yourself. I played against quite a few guys uh, on your team. Then you go, when we come in, we would play you and then go over and play Daryl Dawkins and all those guys. You know, we, we get a double flash of, of getting our butt beat <laughs> in the NBA, you know, it was so strange. 
so so you played for I think almost 10 years overseas. Yes. Uh, who was your favorite team to play for? Well, the favorite team I played for would be have to be Cantu Fort Cantu. And Cantu Italy, I played there with uh James Brewer, who came uh -huh. from the Los Angeles Lakers. And we won the European title, you know, and we had a very good guards that shared the ball. We had a guard that averaged 20 points, but he shared the ball. You know, he averaged 20, I averaged 18, got a lot of rebounds, averaged 12, 12, 11 rebounds a game. And we went on to win a title playing against Billy Milan, which was which had uh, Peterson, Dan Peterson, uh, Peterson, all those guys, you know, uh, Dino Menegin, all those great players from Italy. So they, you know, and he had NBA players that played with him at the time. Giannelli played with him. Uh, you know, uh, what's the coach who play? He's, he's coaching at, uh, with the net. He just came from uh, Houston. Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni played with Billy Milan, with Daniel Menegin and John Giannelli. We played them for the title of Europe in 1982, 83, 82 part of 83. And you um, might have played with Kobe Bryant's dad, right? Was he there? Yeah, I played against him and, and with him on, on the all-star team. I mean, those were, ooh, we had, ooh, we had a serious <laughs> all-star team. We had him, we had Tony Zeno, we had uh, Ray, uh, Ray Richardson. Ray Richardson played for New, New Jersey. Michael Ray, yeah. Yeah. We had him, and man, we had a serious all-star team. We had a lot of talent. Uh, we had this guy named Giolani. He, he, he played for the Mavericks before I got there. And I think he was one of the guys that gave, made the Mavericks look at me because he gave him a call. He said, I'm going to give him a call and tell him about you. And then he called, and then next thing I know, I was playing for the Mavericks. Wow. I had guys like Reggie, Reggie uh, Williams and Reggie uh, – Jones, had play, Reggie played, I think, for the 76ers and maybe San Antonio. Reggie Johnson, that's who it was. I had guys like that to hang around in, in, in Spain. You know, I had really nice guys. Uh, Larry Spriggs, Reggie Johnson, uh, Kenny Simpson. We had uh, Dave Cornelius. You know, we had some good guys to hang around, really nice guys to be around. And, and all these guys were, were guys that didn't do crazy stuff. They just stayed out of trouble and just, you know, had solid heads on them. So so after you – why did you – now some guys stop playing, I think, because of injury uh, or they're just tired. So why did you feel like you were ready to make a transition – from playing, and then actually you started coaching. Yeah, the coaching came in by actually by accident. <laughs> okay, I was uh, a friend of mine had some money, and he was going to start a team, and he asked me to coach. It was my first time I had, and it was in Jackson, Mississippi. And wow. he was looking for a coach. He saw that I was doing quite well with my AAU teams. I was. I had a very, very strong and talented AAU team in Dallas, and they were called Team Dallas. And we would go and we were winning quite a few tournaments. And, you know, these guys were 17, 16, 17, and we would wipe the. We would play 
scrimmage grown men team and beat them. So he saw me coaching there, and he asked me to be his coach. So I became his coach slash general manager. You know, I did. A, I was the assistant general manager and the head coach of uh, the Jackson, Mississippi Wildcats. You know, I got a chance to play against my friends like Cliff Livingston, who was coaching in Gary, Indiana at the time. And, you know, seeing a lot of guys that I knew and, and knew and I had, had been played against during the game. And we used to travel. we go to Jackson, go to, I mean, we go to Gary, go to Vegas. We do all of the, the ABA teams or CBA teams. We play all of them and then come back. And I did quite well. We ended up being in uh, third place uh, my first year. We came in third place for the, for the Eastern Conference, only losing to Cliff's team and the, and the New York team. The Albany New York team had a big squad. They they would beat us up like they try and play us like Notre Dame played us. If they can't if they can't physically match you, they're gonna try and beat you up, you know. Like Lambeer was trying to do to us when we played against Detroit. But we we would go out and play and compete. And I was very blessed to be able to coach my first year with the Jackson Mississippi Wildcats. And then the second year, I came back to Dallas and helped with the AAU team and helped. Um, also train, uh, they had a, a team that played, uh, a CBA team that played there. I can't remember. I think it was the Thunder, the Texas Thunder or something of that nature. And I helped as an assistant coach there. Then went on from there and helped, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, dang, I'm having a hard time remembering. She was the assistant coach of uh, Dallas. Uh, Dallas's C or the head coach actually of the Dallas CBA team with that uh, that uh, Spud Webb uh, Lieberman Nancy Lieberman. Yeah, I was her assistant coach for a quick minute. Yeah, in Dallas, and I she's let used to let me run her camps and everything, and that's the way I ran into this guy. She had me working her camps, and I ran into this gentleman. And he asked me to coach, and then it, I got a phone call from a guy out here. Uh, named Walsh Stallworth that owns uh, a team in Seaside, California called the Seaside Sea Kings. And I came out and I did a, a year with him and then a year with this team in, uh, in here in Stockton called the Port City Pirates, which was ran by a guy named uh, uh, Randy, Randy Hansen or something of that nature. And after that, I decided, okay, these teams have seen that the ABA teams seem to be running out of money or they have some type of complication. We were actually second place in the, in the Western Conference behind San Francisco. And we went into the playoffs and we beat them again. And then they, they beat us, but they beat us by a bigger margin. So we ended up being second behind them. Then the second year we played, we came in third place behind a team in uh, Livermore, which, called, which was called the Pitbulls. And then after that, I just decided to stay and coach high school ball. I did three years as a high school coach for uh, Franklin High School here in Stockton, and then three years as a freshman coach for Chavez High School. And then I went into refereeing, and I've done two years of refereeing so far. 
So, so I you, guess just staying around basketball has been my blessing. Yeah, basketball is an addiction. That's yes, for sure. So let, me ask, so let me ask you, what do you feel like is the biggest challenges that kids have now in playing basketball? The first challenge is a place to play. You know, a, a facility to play in that's not restricting them in any form or, or nature. Then the second is a lot of the children aren't like us. A lot of these ball players aren't like us. They don't get in the gyms and actually put the training in, the work in. You know, they think that it could come to them from just playing. Yeah, playing is one thing, but putting that work in and working on that consistent, repetitive movement to where, to where it becomes natural is a whole nother subject. You know, we had pride and we didn't just come down and say, we wanted to hit 20 points. We wanted to go nine, you know, build nine for 10. You remember that? I don't want yeah. to shoot work with eight At out least. of 10. You remember? Yeah. yeah. Remember how many baseline shots you showed me and how many times you had me repeat it? Yeah. You had to shoot it until you made it. Yeah. Shoot it till you make it. You know, you, you we don't shoot to miss. You remember that? Oh, yeah. We're not training. We don't shoot to miss. And after we finished training, we weren't fitting. I remember us having to go run the park after we finished being in that hot gym. And then go run the park and use the basketballs and hit the stomach. Pounding our stomach with basketball. You know, I remember all of that, man. It was a great time. And just doing that and seeing the talent now, they don't they don't put it in like we do. I have a player that I work with and I train. Right now I do personal training. And he puts the time in. His dad has a gym. He has the equipment. He does a lot of sit-ups, push-ups, all of that. He gets strong. We're working on his jumping ability to increase that. But I haven't had a guy in a while other than him that are going to the gym and put up three, 400 shots. You know? Well, well let me ask you, do you, <laughs> I believe it's the culture now to where you play your basketball. You play a lot of games during the summer. But, but the culture yeah. is now is not to break down fundamentals and break down skills. It's more play. Is that how you think? That's what I think is hurting them. That's why, that's why more players are coming from overseas and making teams in the NBA than players from here making teams in the NBA because the skill level. You know, think about it. Bill, who showed me and said, who showed me how to work a left hand? I'm looking at it right here. This guy right yeah. here showed me how to work my left hand. He's saying, you got two hands, you know. You could go more than one way, you know. <laughs> Remember how hard-headed I was to try to keep going right? And then you say you start talking to me and and teaching me those those aspects of the game. That whole summer that I got a chance to work with you, I worked on my left hand. I got left hand hook shot, got left hand jump hook. You know, even had a couple of little short jumpers off the glass, left hand. But that came from working out with you. These guys don't go out and work on their left hand and think about, hey, when I run up against a guy that's equal talent to me, I have to be just as well rounded as he is. They don't think that way these days. They think the TV could teach them everything. They'll see something on TV and go in the backyard and do it three times and then say, oh, I know it. Not knowing that you have to spend thousands of hours on it. You do have to spend a lot of time. Steve? Yeah, I try and work hard. <laughs> I definitely do. <laughs> you know, I agree a thousand percent. I think it's something that, you know, I, I would agree too. But I also feel, while I'm listening to you, it sounds like everywhere you went, though, sorry, I lost this, but it sounds like 
it sounds like everywhere you've been, you've always had a very good attitude and you've always looked at all the positives of it. You know, is that, and, and you always worked hard. You know, is, is that well, what you attribute is, your success to? I had, I had a lot to look up to, Steve. I had a lot of people to look up to. You know, I remember from, I was like, how can this guy be so great? Just looking at Bill, how can he be so great, yet he's so humble and mild-mannered? You know, if I did the things that Bill did in, in high school, I mean, I would have been, I mean, I averaged 20-something points and 17 rebounds, but Bill went undefeated. I mean, our team didn't go undefeated. They didn't have seasons like that. Bill is talked about around here, like, even in Stockton. They're, they're, you know Bill Cartwright? Man. I tell him, man, I know him better than you could even imagine. I had a chance to be shown the things that he knows. And I had to carry that torch because the guys that I looked up to were great guys. They weren't just guys you, you could just, you know, they check on you. You know, Bill come back. Bill, Bill used to come back from the, from the Knicks to the University of San Francisco and get in the gym and play with us. You know, he, we're running we're running full court. We got Bill Cartwright on the court. We got uh what was the guy from Ed, uh San Antonio? Uh uh Bill the Toss that passed away. He played for ta- San Antonio, he used to come back to school all the time. We had Finch. Yeah, Kevin and then you had Kevin Ristani. All these NBA players would come back and play us. We had people coming from Golden State to come over and play in our scrimmages. It just led me to believe that there was only one way to do things, and that was the way that these guys had shown me. You know, there's only one way to follow, to be a, a good player. And that's one thing I could state that uh, people could say about me. I worked, and I worked to get where I had to go because of the people that helped teach me how to work. You know, even going to play for the Dallas Mavericks, I had people there like Mark Aguirre, I had already known. Uh, Rolando Blackman, I played against him, and he beat us on the last shot in the playoffs when I was playing for USF. It was last shot, beat us. And these guys knew I could rebound. They knew I could run the court, and they would motivate you, and they'd come and get you. You know, another another time when guys were, that were pros that already established didn't mind having you working in the gym with them. Used to play Derek Harper one-on-one just for foot speed. And I think I think that's – what any culture needs to have, right? Any successful organization needs to have a winning culture with everybody buying in. Bill, would you say that? Obviously, like every successful team you've been on, that's what they have in common. Yes, they had a winning culture or they had a they had people there that knew how to win, knew what it took to win. You know, one thing I can say about Bill, Bill knows what it takes to win. Be he being a coach or being a player or being a, a five-star all-star, I mean, five-time all-time, I mean, five-time champion of the NBA, he knows what it takes to win. He knows what it takes in preparation to win. He knows the mentality that you have. Some of these guys don't have the mentality. They feel that that they have to be more than what they truly are. You don't have to pretend to be more. You just have to work at it. Hey, Wallace, how's your family? Oh, the family's doing great. You know, the wife is sitting up here sewing right now. You know, I get great meals 
she has Bill. She's some hidden talent she didn't tell me about. She's got these fudge cookies that she makes every blue moon. Yeah. Bill, paleo, no sugar. Oh wow, healthy. No dairy. And no grain. Yeah, I've spent a little time with your wife. She uh, she keeps you pretty healthy, doesn't she? Yes, she does, man. She's on my diet. I can't eat certain foods. Uh, I'm totally gluten-free. You know, she keeps my uh, diet well and my weight down and keeps me away from the sugar and all that stuff. I only use honey as a sweetener. So she keeps me in good shape. She feeds me well. You know, I, I, I do eat a lot of tacos. <laughs> <laughs> my wife is Latina. So I do eat a lot of uh, soups, great chicken soup. Oh, my goodness. And I eat a lot of tacos and things of that nature. A lot of Mexican food, a lot of enchiladas. But it's all healthy for me and great things. Even last night, salads. Maybe what we had, we had salad and potato tacos. How's, how's, how's your kids? Oh, my kids are doing great. You know, I have uh, 14 grandchildren. Fourteen so, yeah. grandchildren. Holy smokes! Fourteen grandchildren. Yeah, oh, and wait a minute. How, how many kids do you have? I had four of them. I have three sons, and then my wife has uh, three daughters and a son. And believe me, actually, we have another one on the way, so that'll make fifteen. Oh. With, with one of our daughters. Yeah, wow. so I, I'm 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 really busy uh, when it comes to my grandchildren. They come over and visit almost every weekend. And I have at least four or five of them in the house almost every other weekend or every weekend. And we enjoy the company. Yeah, but the family is really well-knit. Um, my brother and my sisters are doing well. My my grandchildren and my sons are doing well. So I'm really I'm really thanking God for that and just being blessed by that, ta- that, that possibility of them all coming together and seeing us at one spot very soon. You know, family reunion. Awesome. Other than that, we enjoy. I just saw my brother, one of my brothers, two, three weeks ago. He came, he drove out and visited me. Wasn't that pleasant, but you know, it was okay. <laughs> well, well, it's awesome. I'm, I'm really happy we could spend this time together. I've always been a really good friend. Thank um, you, Bill. Same here. You know, I always enjoy our time together. Thank you so very much for being on the show. Uh, and we're looking to hopefully soon get together for another Don's game. Yeah, that'd be beautiful. I love that. 